With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey everyone, welcome to season three, episode 11 of Seeking Witchcraft. I'm your host, Ashley, and today I'm going to be talking about a sometimes uncomfortable topic, which is the sky cloud practice, just as a general topic. But to help me talk about this, I have a repeat guest, Kim, which you may recognize from the Baby Witch episode. So thank you so much, Kim, for coming back on. You want to introduce yourself to people who may not have listened to that episode? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so my name is Kim Gardner. Um, I started down the Gardnerian path back in 2004. Um, so I've been doing this for about 16, 17 years. Uh, started a coven in 2012. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for coming back, Kim. I'm definitely looking forward to hearing about your expertise in this <laughs> topic um, and your experiences. And um, yeah, it's going to be a pretty, pretty interesting episode. So for those who don't know, you know, people are probably wondering, what is Skyclad? If you've never heard that word before, Skyclad is also known as ritual nudity. <laughs> Yay. So Think of the stereotypical witches dancing naked around the fire, like a bonfire in the wood. That's skyclad. They're, they're skyclad. So why are we bringing this up with witchcraft? Well, it is actually not an uncommon thing. It's pretty common, I would say, within different traditions of witchcraft. So Gardnerians practice skyclad. Alexandrians do as well. Um, I don't know off the top of my head any other traditions. Kim, I don't know if you do, but I know either way, Gardnerian and Alexandrian are the biggest branches. <laughs> yeah. So we're definitely going to have the most uh, skyclad uh, practicing members there. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. So it's common. Um, you can also do it in your own eclectic practice. It doesn't have to be a traditional thing. There are definitely covens out there that do not practice skyclad. A lot of those covens that you find will be more on the eclectic side of things, meaning that they might not have a specific tradition that they refer back to, or even if they do, they might just still be a little bit more eclectic and have their own way of practicing. But you might be wondering, okay, so this is my first time hearing of skyclad. You know, it's ritual nudity. Why are people doing this? <laughs> so, Kim, why do you think people go skyclad? Like, what's your perspective on this? Um, so, personally, I hear a lot of people say that, you know, it's to prevent the restriction of the flow of the energy and, and things of that nature. I've never really subscribed to that because anybody who's ever done any type of real in-depth energy work, they know that it can move through clothing pretty, pretty easily. But for me personally, it's it's all about freedom. You know, it's all about being free in our rights, being free in our practice, uh, and coming to coming to ritual as equals. You know, and being really raw and vulnerable and just present in the moment. Yeah, that's a great way to uh, pretty much taking the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> you know, sky cloud practice is definitely a freeing experience. It it can also help you get into a ritual mindset because, you know. Most people in their normal everyday life are not walking around completely naked, just around a ton of other people. When you're doing it in a witchcraft context, you're kind of triggering that like, oh, something's going on, like that little switch inside your mind. And it takes yourself out of that mundane into knowing like something's up, something's different. 
I know on a previous episode that I had with Patrick asking questions for an elder in Wiccan tradition, he actually had a really funny thing he said that goes along with what Kim was talking about, where he was saying, you know, some people say it restricts the flow of energy, but like, you know, magic can transcend time and space, but it can't go through your cotton t-shirt, really. And I was like, you know what, that's honestly so true. Um, On a completely non- kind of witchy sense when you're in ritual it gets really hot so a lot of people who are involved in traditions or eclectic groups or even just their own personal practice may have a special ritual garment that they wear maybe a robe or something and that's completely fine you don't have to go sky clad if this is not something that you're comfortable with because not every tradition might work for you anyway you may have a specific robe or something that you wear I don't know about you but in my outer court, we did not practice Skycloud, which is something I'll talk about a little bit later. But we didn't practice Skycloud, but we did We did have a specific outfit or robe that we wore in Ritual. And it got so hot. I almost caught myself on fire so many times because I got one of those fancy looking robes that has like the really long sleeves. And let me tell you, that was not a good idea to do. <laughs> so in a, in a practical sense, working Skyclad is you know, not only freeing, but it, it's, it cools things down a little bit because it gets hot in ritual. Like it gets very, very warm when you're working with energy and raising it like that. So sometimes it's just nice to cool down a little bit and not catch yourself on fire. The only thing you might need to worry about catching on fire is your hair. Yeah, that is so true. You know, and, and also the robes can be a bit restricting, you know, if you really get into ecstatic dance and a lot of movement, um, ropes can be really restricting in that sense. And, um, you know, having the freedom to, of movement, I think, is is a wonderful thing with going skyclad as well. Uh, you don't have that limitation and those restrictions of your clothing um, and you can just dance and be free. It's wonderful. Yeah. And, you know, that actually brings up a really good point. And as I remember when I was in my outer court, I was so nervous about something accidentally slipping like with my robe or it becoming undone, especially for like moving um, a little quicker than we normally would, like a little bit faster than a walking pace. And, you know, I'll tell about my experiences with the whole Skyclad thing because I definitely had my opinions on it pre-initiation into my current tradition. But, um, you know, when I was in outer court, I was so preoccupied during circle where I would just like constantly be making sure like my robe was tied up and like everything was in place. And if we were walking around, like making sure it wasn't going to come undone or making sure I wasn't going to step on anything in front of me. And, you know, that can kind of take you out of the moment a little bit. And, you know, when you're working sky cloud, you don't have to worry about that things like that because there's not anything that <laughs> you're going to be fixing. <laughs> there's nothing there. But yeah. So I think, um, you know, this sounds all fine and dandy and great, but I'm sure people listening, especially those who've never done this before, may have a list of concerns about why they might not want to do this. And Kim and I are going to kind of talk about some of those and address some of them. So you ready? I am ready. All right. So I think the biggest concern is insecurity, body insecurity, feeling self-conscious for a variety of reasons. People can feel self-conscious because maybe they have some medical surgeries or scars or things that they have done with, with their body or have had done to their body that they don't want others to see. You know, I've also heard of people, for example, posting online uh, or just in general of um, seekers who might be trans, who may not be fully comfortable with their body in the current state that it's in, or they might not want to necessarily say that they're trans yet. 
And they might worry that by going sky clad, they might expose something before they're really re- able or willing or ready to explain or not even explain, but willing or ready to talk about their past if they would so choose. And this can include pre and post op trans seekers as well. There's also some natural body responses that people have that they might worry about, such as, you know, women um, on their periods, bladder incontinence, which we'll, we can adjust this in a moment. Or if you're, you know, if you're a dude, you know, you might be worried you might get a boner in circle. You know what? It happens. <laughs> you know, most people are afraid of natural body responses that they cannot control. It happens. Yeah, absolutely. And I think all of those things are totally normal. I think regardless of, um, you know, how long we've been doing it or, you know, what your background looks like, everybody has some level of concern um, around, you know, being naked in front of other people. Body insecurities, in my opinion, is one of the biggest, as you mentioned. And, you know, we, we all go through a level of that. You know, when I first started out, my body insecurities were a huge thing for me, you know, and I had to really work past that and work um, past those insecurities. Not that they go away. I mean, you know, I've, I've lost 100 pounds since I've been initiated and my body insecurities are still there. They just get refocused to different things. And so, you know, really learning how to work past that, I think, is part of the um, part of the work that we even need to do when bettering ourselves and becoming better witches and better priestesses and priests in the craft. Yeah, absolutely. And with things such as natural body responses, like periods, for example, I, I hear this question a lot of people asking, well, like, what happens when you have your period if you're sky clad? Listen, like sky clad practice might be part of a tradition, but we're also human too. And we recognize that sometimes in circle, you might need to wear some underwear or, you know, you might want to wear a wrap around yourself or a pair of shorts or something like, you know, sky clad practice is great. But if you're getting pressured into being sky clad, if you have a, you know, natural body response that you don't want, you know, going all over the place, <laughs> then that might be a red flag uh, right there if they're forcing you to do that. Um, that being said, sky clad practice, if it's part of a tradition, you will be expected to be sky clad. But again, you know, if you have bladder incontinence, for example, there are definitely older people in the tradition and there's, you know, younger people as well that might suffer from this as well. You know, you're not going to be made fun of, you're not going to be looked differently and you're not going to be forced to not wear what you need to wear to make yourself okay in that situation. Yeah, I totally agree. I think one of the big things too is, you know, once, once you do it and you're actually experiencing this on a more regular basis, and I know this might sound weird, but you forget that you forget that you're sky clad. You forget that you're naked. You just get so involved in the ritual and uh, sharing a space with your coven or with you know people in your community that you just that is one of the last things that you you think about. And um, you know even during my initiation, I literally was sitting around after the initiation had taken place and was just like, oh my gosh, we're naked. And, you know, I had totally just forgotten about it and just got so wrapped up in the experience of the moment um, that, you know, it wasn't even a thought. Yeah, that is completely true. Uh, Completely my experience too, where uh, I was so incredibly nervous for the whole situation. But honestly, when you're in that situation, when you're in that circle space and you get things going and you're kind of getting into the flow of everything, you honestly forget that you are naked. And, you know, I'm not saying this happens immediately. Sometimes it could take a couple minutes. Sometimes it is immediate. Sometimes it takes 10 minutes, you know, what have you. 
when you are in that situation, you forget. And when, you know, you have a couple moments here and there that you might remember, like, oh my gosh, we're all naked. Then you're kind of like, oh, we're all naked, whatever. And you just kind of get back to whatever you're doing because you're in that ritual mindset and you're focused on something. And it's really not a big deal in the moment. And I know that sounds so crazy. And if my pre-initiation self heard me saying this, I'd be like, no way I'm on. I don't know. I'm crazy. Like I probably haven't slept in a week and that's why I'm saying this, but it's true. Um, (laughs) uh, Yeah. Yeah. It's, you really honestly forget. Um, I know another concern that people have as well with Skyclad is that there is a stigma associated with nudity, but there's nothing wrong with nudity. Really, there's nothing wrong with it. You know, we're all born naked. You know, it's how we come into the earth. You know, that being said, like, I'm fine with Skyclad practice, but I don't just hang around my house naked with my friends outside of a witchcraft context. I'm not really doing that on a normal everyday basis. For me, Skyclad is strictly reserved for my tradition and for the things that we do in circle, nothing else. But, you know, there is still the stigma with nudity. You know, if people want to be naked around me, I don't really care. It is what it is. I've (laughs) I've seen naked people before, whatever. (laughs) But sometimes people can have troubles uh, getting past that. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I, I think one of the big things is it's really against societal norms, you know, how most of us were raised, um, especially if we were brought up in, as I was in a Southern Baptist or a Christian, um, you know, with a Christian upbringing, um, we were really taught to to hide ourselves and sometimes to be ashamed of our bodies, especially as women. Um, we are taught that. And nudity is overly sexualized. Um, it is used as a product, as, you know, as, as a marketing ploy. It is used in so many different ways. And we need to learn how to just be free and to respect our bodies instead of always having to have them sexualized. And I think that's one of the big things that a lot of people need to try to work past is to be able to see themselves, you know, as they are and as an individual and not always, um, I mean, we are sexual beings, but not always looking at ourselves naked and immediately going to that, um, that sexual, um, oh gosh, I'm trying to think of the word to use, but, but to just to sexualize it, you know, and just to learn how to be comfortable in our own skin without going to that place. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, on the terms of sexuality, there are, um, there are some other concerns people might have where if they're in a relationship as well, they might not. Mm-hmm think that their partner would be okay with it. This is where an open line of communication definitely comes in. Um, Yeah. So that's definitely a valid concern. I would say if you are interested in practicing Skyclad with other people, I think that that is something you should bring up with your partner. At the end of the day, it is absolutely your choice and you should do what makes you happy. (laughs) But I think it's important to discuss with your partner that, hey, you know, I'm involved in this and and we are we're doing skyclad practice just to make sure that you're not hiding because unfortunately as Kim said sometimes people do see nudity as a sexual thing and let me tell you right now skyclad practice is not a sexual thing <laughs> it really is not um but yeah that that can also be another concern as well so if you do have a partner and you if you're unsure about that I would make sure you communicate with them. Let them know what's up. Don't don't hide that from them if that is something that you're interested in doing. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, actually a topic that came up uh, when I was starting down this path, um, having a discussion with my husband and uh, you know, kind of explaining what I wanted to do, what, um, you know, that I'd found a coven that I was really interested in studying with. 
And he, you know, jokingly said, well, as long as you're not dancing naked under the full moon, I'm totally fine. And oh, I will no. support. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, well, there's this one thing we need to talk about. And so, um, you know, I was just open and honest with him. And he was a little uncomfortable with it. Um, but at the end of the day, he trusted me. Um, our relationship was solid. And, you know, it's all about trust. You know, if you have that trust with your partner, um, hopefully it won't be an issue for you. Um, but again, as you said, you know, open and honest communication is always the best thing, you know, and hopefully they end up being supportive. Yeah, absolutely. I know moving on to another topic with SkyCloud is I, I know that sometimes, well, okay, being SkyCloud can open up a lot of insecurities for people and open up a lot of um, past things that may have happened to them. And there may be somebody listening to this show that says, you know, I'd like to do this, but I have experienced something in my past that I don't think I can get over this. So um, Kim has so bravely offered to discuss her experience with something related to this, if you'd like to speak about that. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So um, first off, I just want to say anybody who has a, an abusive past, um, whether it be physical, mental, or sexual, um, uh, you know, I, I feel that and um, I can relate to that on a very deep level. Um, you know, myself personally, I am, I'm somebody who doesn't like to let fear control me. Um, so typically if I'm afraid of something, I seek out ways uh, to challenge myself to, to push past it. Um, not that I push, I get over my fear. I just don't let the fear control me. And so my body insecurities and, you know, things of that nature were always an issue for me. Um, but I, I pushed past it because initiation into the gardening tradition was something I really wanted, and especially within the coven in which I was being trained in. Um, you know, my, my husband was very supportive, um, and he is an amazing partner. I can't say enough wonderful things about him. Um, and, you know, getting to that point, working over a year with this group and, um, you know, just feeling really passionate about wanting to do this. I do have a, a background of physical, sexual, and uh, mental abuse. And so um, I had thought I'd gotten past all that. You know, we do the work, we, we go to therapy, we, we address these issues. Um, and it had been 20 years um, since this issue had happened. And when my HP and HPS sat me down and said, hey, we think you're ready. We want to, we want to schedule the date. I broke down. I, I just started crying. I didn't know why, you know, I was just absolutely consumed by fear and I couldn't, I couldn't put my finger on it. Cause again, I had been out of this relationship for 20 years and I thought I had worked past everything unexpectedly, you know, triggers do sneak up on us on occasion and uh, things bring, bring stuff up for us. But in that moment, I didn't know what was going on. So my, my HP and my HPS said just to, you know, take some time. They were super supportive and, um, you know, just asked me to, to sit with it and, and let, let them know, you know, what I wanted to do. And so I did. And I, you know, went home. I took some time. I talked to my husband. I talked to friends about it. I did a lot of meditation. I, you know, I just really sat with it. I dug really deep. Um, you know, people, you hear the word shadow work a lot where we have to kind of dig into to aspects of our life where we may not want to always face. Um, so I just did a lot of work and I discovered 
that this past that I had, you know, with, with this abusive partner was really bringing up a lot of, of issues. And it was the topic of Skyclad that, uh, of being Skyclad and, and having to go through the initiation rate that really brought this trigger up for me. And what I realized is that the idea of being fully exposed, um, being completely raw and, and vulnerable in front of people, it just terrified me. And so I really just sat with it. Like I said, I did a lot of work and finally, I don't know where this voice came from, but it, I was just like, he's not going to beat me again. I am not going to allow him to continue to take my power away. And so I made the decision that I was going to stand up and, and say, yeah, no more. You're, you're not going to do this to me anymore. And so that night I called my initiating uh, HPS and we scheduled, we scheduled the night. And when I got to the Covenstead, I was incredibly excited, but I was also incredibly nervous and scared and terrified and just about any emotion you can think of feeling I was feeling. And when it got down to it and they went down to the temple space and they had asked me to just, you know, kind of wait and wait for them to come and get me. Um, I just got more nervous and more scared and I had my keys in my hand. I'm like, I could leave right now. I can run away and not do this. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, but I, but I didn't, um, you know, I stuck through it. And when they came to get me again, I was, my heart was racing. I, I wanted to run, um, but I just, I really pushed myself past it. And when I was led into the temple room, I got to tell you the, the visual of that moment, the sounds, the smell of the incense, the energy levels that were already there, it was just, it was palpable. And I, just this feeling of, of calm came over me and it was such a huge relief. I just remember sitting there and thinking that I, I finally found that protective family. I found that home and that space where I knew that I was safe. And I can't even describe um, the level of healing that happened in that moment. And, you know, to this day, it is the most healing experience that I've ever had. You know, after going through therapy, after everything that I've done, that moment was the most healing moment of my life. And it was incredibly powerful. Um, I felt like I regained my sense of self and I regained my personal power in that particular moment. And for those of you that, that have that type of background, you know what it's like to have your power stripped from you. And that is, it's, it's a hard place to be and it's a hard thing to work through. And having that moment to where you just feel like, you know, I did it you know, I reclaimed who I am. That's a pretty monumental moment. Wow. I'm just sitting here listening to the story because this is, this is my first time hearing it as well. Um, Kim had reached out and told me that she had a, a background um, in this sort of topic and she wanted to speak about it. And so, you know, that was, wow, that's just such a powerful moving story with such a great ending. And wow. Yeah. I, I'm kind of shocked or not shocked, but I'm kind of just speechless. It's a, that's wonderful. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, you know, it, it's really tough to go into things like this when, you know, you feel like your power is taken from you. But I think your story could be a good reminder for, you know, as you mentioned, those with who may have had a similar background to you that, you know, there's a way to heal and people might be able to find that by reclaiming their power. And maybe Skyclad is a way they could do that. It might not be. Um, but it, it's so wonderful that that was such a healing experience for you. That, that's amazing. 
Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I, you know, it's, um, it, it is a, an incredible moment. I mean, you can just still feel those emotions as you're talking about it, you know, kind of coming up and it's, it's something that'll never leave me. And, um, I wish I could share that experience with everybody who's ever been through a past like that, who's ever, who's been through trauma uh, in their background. I wish I could give everybody that moment. Especially too, um, you know, with, with everything, that first moment of when you're truly sky clad with a group of people is definitely a moment that you don't forget. Um, even if you're not nervous for it, you, you know, it, it sticks with you. So my story is, um, my story with Skyclad was a little bit different. Um, I joined my training group, honestly didn't know too much about Wicca or witchcraft at all uh, whatsoever, to be completely honest. And I came into my training group saying to myself, well, you know, I know they practice Skyclad. That's definitely not for me, but you know, the people here are really cool. I like them. And worst comes to worst, I could just get a cool education of like Wicca 101, Witchcraft 101, and just leave with that and build upon my own solitary eclectic practice. And I would have been totally fine with that. Well, as the time went on in my training group, I realized that, man, I really like these people. And oh no, like the training group is coming to an end and I'm never going to see them again. (laughs) And not only that, but wow, I'm really loving everything that we're learning. Like things are just amazing. I'm, this is such a magical experience. I don't want this to end. And I was a complete wreck and a whole mess about the whole sky cloud thing. You can ask anybody in my coven, anybody I was in outer court with, I did not hide that from them at all. They knew upfront from day one that I was not okay with it by any stretch of the imagination. I was not okay with it. I used to say to my training HP and my HPS, hey, you know, I'm probably not going to ask for initiation, but it's cool to be here. Or like if I did talk about initiation, I would say, so if I ask, maybe if I ask, I mean, I I was very, very adamant that I was like, "Uh, it's not a guarantee for them. So, you know, as I got closer towards the end of my training group, I remember I went and I visited another witch and I was kind of explaining the situation to them. And I remember we were just drunk in an Uber (laughs) in the middle of a city I'd never been in before. And he just looks me straight in the face after I'm over here complaining to him about how I'm scared to be uh, sky clad. And, you know, I really want to do it, but like, I'm terrified. And he just looks at me and he says, the desire to work with the people that you're with right now should overcome your fear of being sky clad. And in that, that just stuck with me. And to this day, I still think of that moment because that was such an influential thing for me. He also said some other great things about how, you know, if I felt a calling to the gods, I I should probably keep going with that if I felt compelled to. And and I did. But in that moment for me, the sky cloud was such a big cloud over me that like that's really like the biggest focus that I had in that moment. So, you know, he was completely right. And I remember I took that, took that home, wrote that quote down in my journal, and I really sat with it for a really really long time, like a couple months. And I remember meditating and thinking about it. And then, you know, I don't know, like, right. At one point I said to myself, you know, I'm so anxious about the idea of getting sky or being sky clad with everybody, but I haven't even asked for initiation. (laughs) And I said, you know, I'm a very type A personality. I can't work up to something unless I have a date in mind. If I have a date in mind, I can work to that. But my thoughts are everywhere because I don't know when, when, and if this will happen. So I asked for initiation was told a date a little bit later. Um, and I was like, okay, I can work with this. <laughs> so I had my date and 
right when it was about to happen the day of, I remember waking up that day and like, I just felt different. I was like, you know what? I'm nervous, but I'm just not going to think about it. <laughs> like the thought was definitely in the back of my head, but I was kind of just like, no, no, no. I'm just really excited for the initiation and everything that comes along with it. Like, I'm just not going to think about the sky cloud thing right now. Just kind of push it away before I can really put any energy into it. So when the time came when I was at the Covenstead and it was time for me to go down to, um, you know, <laughs> go through the initiation, I remember um, somebody walked into the room I was in and I was wearing like a robe at the time. And I was like, you know what? I'm just not going to think about it. And she walks in, she started talking to me and I just threw it off and I'm like, all right, let's go. <laughs> and um, I, I remember in that moment being like, oh my God, I just did that. And I was like, well, she's seen it now. Like can't, can't change anything. Like it is what it is. I guess I'll just go down like this now. <laughs> and um, Yeah. And, and in the time of the initiation itself, like the first time I saw everybody there, Skyclad, that was definitely an experience. Um, I was fantastic with eye contact the whole time, <laughs> but that's honestly just some circle etiquette as well. But yeah. And you know what? It was really an awesome experience and it sounds crazy, but in the initiation, as nervous as I'd been for over a year in that moment, I forgot about it. <laughs> there was times in the initiation where I was just so like concerned about everything else that was happening that I was like, oh, I totally forgot. I'm not wearing any clothes right now. Um, it's crazy how natural it can feel when you're in that situation. Um, I will say that looking back now, I can't believe I was that nervous about it. Holy shit. I needed to calm down. Somebody should have slapped me because <laughs> only saying that because I know my own, my own self now. Um, I probably could have, I probably could have had somebody give me a little bit more insight into this, uh, to make me calm down a little bit. Cause I was just frantic, but I will say that initiating into my tradition has been the best thing I've ever done. And I, I can't believe I spent so much time and energy being so nervous about something that honestly came so naturally. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, it's funny. A drunken Uber ride gave you some really great advice. Um, so yep. whoever, yeah, <laughs> whoever it was that shared that advice with you, I hope they're listening because kudos to you. That was really great advice. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So it was great, great drunken Uber advice, but you know what? Sometimes you just need that pep talk when you're had a couple of drinks and you're in an Uber, that's like the best place next to the girl's bathroom. Like that's, that's where you're going to get all <laughs> life secrets and all, all the, the wisdom that you need. Right. So it worked yeah, out for absolutely. me. It was great. <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah. So I talked a little bit about circle etiquette. So if anybody's interested in SkyCloud practice, just know that Yes, while everybody is naked, there is circle etiquette that comes along with that. First of all, don't tear people down into their soul when they're naked. That could be a little alarming, even if you're wearing clothing. Please just don't stare at people. <laughs> that gets a little uncomfortable. Um, the second thing is if you're a guy, please don't touch your, your you know, your little dangling, dangling bits down there. <laughs> in the middle of a circle with everybody around you. And you know what? Same for if you're a woman, just, just, you know, I would say just keep your hands away from specific areas when there's people around you, especially if there's a chance that you're going to be holding hands with them. Nobody wants to hold your hand if you're, you know, touching areas that people are not going to reach over and touch themselves. Um, and also just don't do any of what I just said at the same time. Don't stare at people <laughs> and touch your, your little, you know, your areas. It's just not a cool thing to do. Don't do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
I was going to say, one of the things to be aware of too is, um, you know, sometimes nerves, we, we tend to joke around a little bit um, and like nervous joking about people being naked sometimes can be unwelcome. So I would be mindful of that as well until you get to know the group really well um, and you know everybody's comfort level around that. Oh yeah, absolutely. I definitely agree with that. Um, another thing about skyclad practice is that, you know, generally you there will be a hygiene element to this. <laughs> so for the most part, the people that you're working with will probably ask you to not come straight from the gym and then immediately go into skyclad practice. Um, and you know, they're going to expect that from you and you should probably expect that from them as well. So that's definitely a thing. Um, and let's see. So if you're interested in building up to SkyCloud practice, here's a couple ways you could do that. So the first thing I would recommend is if you've never done this before, start small. Start with a robe or honestly just start with like a specific ritual jewelry item or something that you can wear that takes you away from the mundane. Um, Kim, I'm not sure if you if you guys practice with robes when you started in your outer court. Uh, we absolutely did. We did not practice SkyCloud in outer court. So I've heard of covens that their outer court does practice skyclad. It's not necessarily a common thing, but I have heard of it before. Um, you know, it does happen. I would say maybe be a little wary if it's an initiatory tradition, maybe vet them out first. You could do that by, you know, if it's a Gardnerian or Alexandrian, messaging any of the admins on the page to verify the identity of the people that you're with, um, just to make sure that they're legitimate. I will also say in my own um, experience, I have seen people talking about how they wouldn't let seekers in immediately if they're not comfortable with Skyclad from the start. You know, there's something called coven autonomy and that's that covens run however they want and that extends to their outer courts as well. Well, they run however they want within the realms of the tradition and still following the general guidelines. And, you know, I've seen... A couple people actually say that they wouldn't let somebody in their outer court in if they did not like the idea of Skyclad right off the bat. And it's funny because when I look at that, I'm like, wow, well, you know, if you were the only coven around, I wouldn't have been in your outer court. I would have never been initiated. I would have never started this podcast. I would have never had or met any of the people that I know now. Um, and so, you know, if that's the case and you do see meet a group that says that, I would say, you know, if you're not comfortable with Skyclad, maybe look for another group that is a little bit more flexible. Um, and I guess to any people who may be listening to this who run covens as well, just a heads up, I would have not been initiated if I had those rules set on me. <laughs> I eventually came around and was completely fine with it, but it took me a long time to get there. Uh, it was not an instant process for me. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I wouldn't have been initiated either if it would have been a practice from the very beginning. Um, you know, it takes a lot of time as you're getting to know people um, and getting to know, uh, you know, making sure that you just gel with them, um, have that connection to where you want to get closer. You know, you want to show that vulnerability. Um, it would be hard for me to just meet new people and immediately take my clothes off. Um, that would be a little bit uncomfortable. And I would have a hard time setting that expectation for any seekers in our coven too. Again, you know, coven autonomy, you know, everybody sets, you know, the practice that they feel is appropriate for their coven. Um, and that's an important thing about the Gardnerian tradition. So, you know, if I fully respect that. I just know that I probably would not have made it through. 
Yeah, definitely. And, you know, you bring up a good point. And, you know, ultimately, it's easy to say absolutely no to the idea of skyclad or doing this with other people if you haven't met them yet, or if you don't really truly know them. And, you know, that was essentially my experience with my group. It was very easy for me to say absolutely not, probably not, no way when I first started out in the group, but after I got to really know them and they put their walls down and I started putting my walls down as well. And we kind of opened up to each other. I was like, wow, you know, these people are actually really cool and I really like them. And it wasn't so easy to say, oh no, I'm done. I'm not going to do this. When it came down to the end, I was like, no, like, I don't want to leave this. (laughs) I don't want to leave them. I want to keep going. Um, So yeah, that's something to keep in mind. So if you're over here saying absolutely no, no way, you haven't actually met the people that you'd be doing this with. And it's a little bit harder to say no when you actually get to know them. And if you actually mesh very well. And one other thing to know as well, though, is that skyclad is not for everyone. And that is completely okay. You do not have to practice skyclad. If that is something that's absolutely out of your wheelhouse, totally fine. I will say I came from a crazy Catholic background. And for me, part of that was like, I I think that while I was no longer Catholic, I had that Catholic guilt <laughs> that comes along with being a former Catholic. And, you know, I'm still working on that. Sometimes it's there, sometimes it's not. When it came to the Skyclot issue, I'd like to say that th- I didn't have that Catholic guilt, but it was there a little bit. Um, but essentially, I, I'm, I'm happy I ended up going through with it and pushing that guilt away, being like, no, bye, taking my power. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um but yeah, if it's not for everybody, and that's completely fine. Not every tradition is going to work for everybody. And I would say if anybody's listening to this and you're like, you know what, this is a cool topic, but I'm not going to do it. Don't feel discouraged. Don't feel bad because it's your own practice. It's your own journey. And you got to do what works for you and what you're most comfortable with. I will say that it's hard to grow unless you're a little uncomfortable now and then. Um, <laughs> but you don't have to be skyclad if you don't want to. Yeah, no, absolutely not. You know, it really shouldn't, you know, in in my opinion, it shouldn't keep people from seeking. um, But everybody needs to make the decision that's best for themselves, their comfort level, um, and how they feel, you know, about the practice. Again, I go back to, you know, something that I said, you know, I am, I'm one who doesn't like to let fear control me. So I actively seek out things um, to challenge myself in that aspect. Um, and this was, you know, one of those things, you know, being naked around people initially was a fear for me, um, cause of the body issues and things of that nature. But, you know, just learning how to push past that again is, is so incredibly helpful and freeing. And, um, you know, I would, I would challenge people to just try it, you know, uh, challenge yourself and just see, you know, lock your door, shut your blinds, pour yourself a glass of wine, turn on some music, take your clothes off and just dance. See how you feel in your own body. See how you feel in your skin. You're going to feel, you're going to feel really silly. You know, the first time you do it, um, you might dance past a, you know, a mirror and see yourself and go, Oh, Oh gosh. And you know, those body issues come up for you, push yourself past that, you know, and just continue to do that and see how your body image starts to change. And, um, and that love and that respect for your body, how that starts to develop um, as you start to move and as you start to embrace who you are um, as an individual and as a whole. And as you start to let go of that Catholic guilt or that Southern Baptist, um, you know, guilt and the what ifs um, around all of that that pop up for us on occasion. It's, it's amazing once you can challenge yourself to push past that. Yeah, that's completely true. I completely agree with all of that. And 
you know, if you are interested in taking up Kim's suggestion, but you're maybe not completely ready to be completely naked or sky clad yet, just even in the privacy of your own bedroom, you could do something like just put on a bathrobe and just maybe just have like your underwear underneath it or maybe have nothing underneath it. You can start slow. You don't have to jump into the deep end of the pool if you're not completely there yet. It's okay to take baby steps and it's okay for those progressional steps to take as long as you need them to in between. If this is something that you're interested in and building up to. Um, but yeah, so just to wrap it up, I think Skyclad practice is a really cool, unique and thing that can help get you out of that mundane you know, mindset and really just push you into something. And it's a really great way to have an intimate bond with the people in your coven. It's not sexual whatsoever. I just want to stress that it's really, really not. Um, ultimately, I think Skyclad is a great thing. It could be a great tool for people. And if you're iffy about it, I'd say try it individually by yourself. And remember, as I mentioned, it's really hard to say no when you haven't met the people you have not done it with yet. Yeah, that is a very fair point. You know, one of the other things, and I want to go back to the vouching piece where you said, you know, seek the vouch um, for validity. Keep in mind, you know, we, we are practicing skyclad. We are very raw. We are very vulnerable. And all of our traditions are not void of having people who may be proper initiates, but may not be proper people. Um, you know, so mm -hmm. you want to not just make sure that um, you are validating that they are proper initiates, but ask good questions. Um, you know, you're going to be going over to somebody's home potentially uh, and doing a lot of work there. And then if you do go through with initiation, um, you're going to be, you know, at, at these people's home um, naked and, and ritual. And, you know, you just want to make sure that you, you know about the people that you're doing this work with. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Kim makes a good point. So if you're looking at the um, coven leader section, you know, people there are properly vouched for for being valid individuals, but you also want to make sure that you're going to mesh with them as well. Um, and that kind of goes to a lot of times I'll see people talking about in like the seeker groups about how if there's a coven five minutes away from you and a coven two hours away from you, the coven that's right ne next door night might not actually be the one that you really vibe with. And the one that's two hours away might actually be one that's, you know, perfect match made in heaven. <laughs> um, so it's very important to feel out the people that you're working with. If you are interested, interested in a specific tradition or type of coven or anything like that, um, that does practice sky cloud, you know, this is a very intimate and raw thing as Kim was saying. And it's important to make sure that the people that you'd be doing with this with are people that you feel completely comfortable with and people that, you know, will respect you and vice versa. Yeah, completely agree. All very sound advice. Yeah. All right. Well, Kim, um, thank you so much for coming on. Do you have any final closing thoughts you want to talk about in regards to SkyCloud practice? Um, no, just uh, the big thing is, you know, we, we are not professional nudists. Um, you know, we all started somewhere. Nope. We all <laughs> we all have body issues. You know, we we all have that self-doubt that creeps in. Uh, none of us are void of that. And um, just know you're going to be surrounded by, you know, a lot of very supportive people who are who are there and present with you. Um, and again, you know, as, as Ashley said, you know, do what's comfortable for you. If, if it's not your thing, that's cool. Um, you know, but if it is something you're interested in trying to or trying out, just take your time, you know, wait in the water, dip a toe in, don't have to jump full force into it. Just, you know, 
go by your gauge your own comfort levels and, and work through that. Definitely. Yeah. All right, Kim. So one other question for you. So I ask everybody who comes on the podcast one question. So I'm going to put you on the spot. Okay. <laughs> so if you can give one piece of advice to a seeker about anything, doesn't have to be SkyCloud or it could if you want it to, um, what would you give somebody? Somebody who's completely brand new, has maybe never even cast a circle or picked up a book yet. What would you tell them? Um. I, you know, my biggest thing is just to be true to who you are, you know, and um, if something makes you uncomfortable, you know, really sit with that and try to figure out where that discomfort is coming from. Um, talk with people about it. There are so many initiates who are willing to have open dialogue with you. Um, the coven that you might be seeking with, you know, they're, they're there in support of you as well. Um, just talk, ask questions. We love to share advice and guidance, um, you know, and at the end of the day, just be true to who you are and, and then find the path that uh, speaks, speaks to you. Extraordinarily sound advice. Thank you, Kim. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again so much for coming on. Um, if anybody wanted to reach you, is there a way they can find you or get in contact with you? Yeah, absolutely. I'm Kim Gardner on Facebook and Ravens Lenore. Uh, if you're a Edgar Allan Poe fan, like I am um, on Instagram. Awesome. And as always, you can find me on my Twitter at Seek Witchcraft, Instagram at Seeking Witchcraft, Facebook group Seeking Witch, or my Facebook page is Seeking Witchcraft Podcast, or I have a Facebook group called Which is Seeking Witchcraft, um, or a Patreon, which is just called Seeking Witchcraft. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> uh, all right. Yeah. So thank you so much, everybody, for coming on. Thank you again, Kim, for coming on and talking about this topic. Um, I know it can be a little uncomfortable sometimes for people to discuss, and I'm so glad that I was able to have you on. Um, you know, to talk about your experiences and, and everything that you provided today. Yeah, no, absolutely. I appreciate you having me on. Hey, yeah. And it sounds like the dogs are, are happy too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they are. All right. Well, yeah. All right. Well, thank you everyone for listening and I'll talk to you all soon. Bye. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.